When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to A to Z Sports. I am Zach Bingham. He is our Titans reporter, Sam Phelan. And we are A to Z Sports here on the morning show, live on this Tuesday morning. Got to thank our title sponsor, which is BetMGM. BetMGM hooking you up with the bonus code ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on your first bet for new users. Use that bonus code. Also got to thank our presenting sponsors, including Krebs Kubota. They've got you covered all across Middle Tennessee. KrebsKubota.com. Aura. Aura.com slash A to Z can take and all of those bad calls that you get, those phony calls that you get, they can go away with Aura. I have signed up. A lot of our A to Z sports fans have signed up. I get less spam calls because of Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. Easy to sign up. You should sign up today. Wilson County Hyundai, your perfect make and model is right around the corner at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee. Sign up and get a quote today so you can figure out how to improve your health plan. I improve my health plan. You can too with FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. And the Bone and Joint Institute. State-of-the-art facility down there in Franklin, Tennessee. They have specialists that can help you out for whatever injury that you have uh, accrued over the last several years or recently, that's the Bone and Joint Institute plus satellite locations across Middle Tennessee. All right, Sam, big day today because this starts uh, mandatory minicamp. We are in the heart, kind of, well, getting into the heart of June. It's, you know, it's getting hotter outside. You're going to have coaches, coaching players actually doing drills and who is going to show up and you know, we start this bad boy off with kind of the three main storylines, I think, and you think, heading into this mini camp. I'll let you kind of go through all three because I think it starts with a guy that usually we don't talk much about in the offseason, but this offseason, it has been different. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I look for today, Zach, when I go out to St. Thomas Sports Park, I get on that field and I see the Titans players in their line stretching, is I look for Kevin Byard. I say, where is KB? Let me see if I can see number 31 and, uh, you know, uh, take his attendance because Kevin Byard was not at Titans OTA, something that's not really characteristic of him. We know what happened with him during the offseason and Rand Carthon and the organization asking him to take a pay cut, uh, which Kevin didn't seem too uh, keen on doing and you know rightfully so I think you and I are in agreement that Kevin Byard doesn't owe the Titans anything he's still at the very top of his game and shouldn't take a pay cut but the Titans want him to take one anyway and it might have severed their relationship at least a little bit so Mike Vrabel Jeffrey Simmons all of the guys that we spoke to during OTAs a few weeks ago seemed very not worried by the KB situation said they assume that he'll be out here for minicamp because it is a mandatory minicamp. And so the number one thing I will be looking for 
is where is Kevin Byard and is he out here? I expect to see him. If I don't, we've got a major, major storyline developing uh, with the Tennessee Titans All-Pro safety. Yeah, and you know Kevin Byard, a leader on this team, has showcased his play at a high level. You know, he had I think one one season maybe where he took a step back, but you know, he has been a perennial pro for this team, and with really a lack of stability on a lot of different pieces, whether it was Henry hurt when he hurt his foot, or Tannehill hurt last year, or AJ Brown being traded away, or Harold Harold Landry tearing his ACL or Zach Cunningham get hurt or Sean Evans getting cut. I mean, Kevin Byard has seen all of that. And now, you know, I think it's a bold move that Rand Carthon comes in there and asks him for a, uh, a pay cut. But if you don't ask, you don't know. But it also can ruffle some feathers. And based on Kevin Byard's actions, it has ruffled his feathers this offseason. He was not pleased with that. He told him no. And I think he did some uncharacteristic things by not showing up. Do I think it's like the end of the world? No, I don't think it's the end of the world, but it definitely leads this storyline. Do you expect to see Kevin Byard today? Yeah, I mean, I do. I, I do ultimately, like you said, it, it is uncharacteristic of Kevin um, and, and it's not a huge deal right now. It's not a big deal right now. Uh, if he's not at OTAs and he's training on his own, like we know he's in Nashville. Mike Vrabel saw him at the golf course, he said, like just a few weeks, a few days before OTAs. So we know he's here. He's working. I have no doubts that Kevin will be ready to go. I have no doubts about Kevin's leadership within the locker room. I do expect to see him today. But if he's not out there today, this starts to become a major issue and a big deal. Like there's no denying that this is not a big deal if KB is not on the field for mandatory minicamp today. And so that is something to watch for. Uh, it's been hard for me and for a lot of people, I feel like, to get a sense of where exactly is the relationship between KB and the Titans. I, I mean, we've heard all the right things. We've heard things are great. Kevin's great. Uh, Shane Bowen said, no, I, I don't think that there's a, you know, a bad relationship between him and the organization. I think everything's fine, but we'll see. And today we're going to see. Actions speak louder than words. And the actions today, look, football is a business. We talk about it all the time, especially in the offseason when it's a business, whether you're talking about Lamar Jackson or you're talking about asking for pay cuts. It's a business. And you can take things personally. You you do have a form of leverage. You know, back in the day, Emmett Smith used his leverage to get a massive contract after week two of the football season. Le'Veon Bell tried to do the same thing and he sat out all year. So sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But actions speak louder than words. And I think Kevin Byard showing up today or not showing up today is a big time action. So let's get to the second and, and talk about this because I think this is a storyline that is the first of its kind in Titans training camp because of the players. But first, tell everybody about the Bone and Joint Institute, Sam, if you would. State-of-the-art facility down there in Franklin for all the bumps and bruises that hopefully the Titans will not occur that they have maybe over the last two years. Yeah, well, listen, as much as we love the Bone and Joint Institute, we are hoping to do 
uh, less doc talks about specific terrible Titans injuries that happen throughout the course of the season. We'd like to see them stay healthy. But listen, if you get injured, if you need medical help, the Bone and Joint Institute is the place to go. They're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care at boneandjointtn.org. Whenever you get hurt in life, you have to know who you can trust. The Bone and Joint Institute is located in Franklin with over a dozen specialists who can help you through any type of injury. That state-of-the-art rehab facility you mentioned, Zach, helps in your recovery and is as convenient as possible because everything is under one roof. I'm talking your clinic, your testing, imaging, rehab, surgery. It's all in one spot. No driving point A to point B to this and that appointment. You just go out to Franklin, you visit them at boneandjointtn.org, and you schedule your appointment. Uh, I got to tell you, the guy Mike Keith, the voice of the Tennessee Titans, he had his shoulder he had a shoulder replacement. I was talking to him at the at the facility the other day. I saw him with this big old sling and right smack dab on the middle of it. Bone and Joint Institute hey. right on the front. So they're helping Mike Keith. They can help you. That They're the place to go. If he's going there, you know they're the place to go. Visit him out in Franklin at boneandjointtn.org. You know, you, you are what you wear. And so yeah. like I endorse A to Z Sports. You know, that may not be an official endorsement, from Mike Keith, but that's a sub endorsement right there. I, I that's gorgeous. I saw right it. There. I had to mention it to him. I said, "Hey, Mike, what what's going on with the army?" He said, "Oh, shoulder replacement." I said, "Well, looks like you went to the right spot, Bone and Joint Institute." And he said, oh, "Certainly, you're coming along fast." So, and Matt's got a lock pain bone with that bone pain right there. Oh. That's there. There's uh, a meeting of two minds right there. there. You go. And look, you can meet your mind with your sports knowledge and win some cashola on BetMGM, download the app, A-T-O-Z Sports. Use that bonus code right there at the bottom of the screen. Let's get back to these storylines. We talked about Kevin Byard, and look, Kevin Byard will show up or won't show up. We'll find out very soon here in the next several hours. Number two, uh, skilled players stepping up. You know, I think that's big. We're going to come back to skilled players stepping up, and let's get to Levis and and Willis because I think that the quarterback this controversy if there is controversy will start to increase and increase and increase with the more we see Levis and the more that we see uh you know um Malik Willis Sam talk me through over the last several weeks of what you've seen live and in person for both of these guys yeah well for starters, the reason it's Malik Willis versus Will Levis and not just quarterbacks in general is because one thing that has become abundantly clear is that Ryan Tannehill is far and away the best option for the Titans at quarterback this season. He looks to be on another level than these guys. And last week, I know a lot of people made a huge deal over what was not a great practice from Will Levis. Frankly, it was the first time all season that I've really looked at him, been like, yeah, he looked like a rookie quarterback today. That That's really what Will Levis looked like. Uh, but each one of these guys kind of has a lot to showcase uh, as speed continues to ramp up. Will Levis has all of the physical ability in the world. We know that he can do it. The question mark I have with him and have had with him watching him in OTA so far is what is the decision making like at full speed? Sometimes you take that physical ability, that ability to fit a ball in a tight window, that quick release that he has, that huge arm that he has, and you make mistakes because you're trying to make something happen. 
Malik kind of has the other side of the spectrum where it's more physical errors for more often than not. And sometimes it's not letting go of the ball, not being aggressive enough. It's the reason we saw Mike Vrabel bench Malik Willis in a preseason game because he wasn't letting it rip and running the offense how it was supposed to be run. So I think each of these guys have something to show for Malik. I need to see that aggression, understanding his progressions, and then operating at the line of scrimmage in a way that is different than what we saw last year because he has a full year under his belt now of working under center. And for Will Levis, it's about the decision-making and staying grounded within his own ability to make sure you're not forcing the ball and creating turnovers. Each of them have looked better than I thought they would, if I'm being honest with you, in these early OTAs. I, I think I saw Will Levis in rookie minicamp, and I said, I, I see it. Like I mean, like I've seen it on the tape. I've been a Will Levis supporter for the most part. But you watch it in person, you go, yeah, that looks the part that checks the boxes that the Titans are looking for. And Malik Willis seems a lot more confident. He seems like he's, uh, you know, running things much smoother in year two. But I will forever hold this little doubt in my mind about Malik's ability to do it at speed until I see him do it at speed. Here's the tough part about Malik Willis. The thing that makes Malik Willis Malik Willis is his athletic ability to make plays on the fly. You can't yeah. do that in practice. You, I mean, you, there's a there's only so much you can do at practice. And the weird part is he got an opportunity in multiple games last year because of the unique situation that Ryan Tannehill was injured. And his athletic ability was not enough. Now, him being a rookie, that's fine, right? But players are about opportunity. And now that the Titans have essentially drafted over Malik Willis, they're looking for Will Levis. And look, Malik Willis, Will Levis is a tongue twister if you say it enough. Yeah. But Will Levis will come in there and he is in the developmental stage in a completely different way. You know, well, I don't want to say completely different way, but a different way. Because both of these quarterbacks, it's about the speed of the game. The speed of the game is, is ratcheted up. I mean, it is there's just... I've watched college practice. I've watched high school practices. I've watched college practices. I've watched NFL practices. I've watched high school football games. I've watched college football games in person. And I've watched NFL football games in person. It's just different. And you talk about those decisions. Those decisions are an inch, a centimeter, a millimeter at times that you don't get the benefit of the doubt of a player slipping or being a step slow You've got to anticipate. And I'm not surprised of what you guys reported is Will Levis maybe having a bad day. I was not surprised of you guys reporting that Ryan Tannehill is by far above both of those quarterbacks. But Titans fans, and I think everybody should want Will Levis to win this job as the backup quarterback easily not 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 tooth and nail you don't I personally I don't think you want Malik Willis to be in the mix I think he you want him to be a draft casualty and sometimes you have those you have bad draft picks you want Will Levis to be the real deal because maybe Malik Willis turns into Russell Wilson in like the fantasy land that somebody lives with 
but the odds of that are like plus 10,000. And so the odds that Will Levis with the arm strength, with the size, with the athleticism, with the possible developmental precision of his arm, that's more likely. And so this is this is a step. It's not the full race, but these next three days are, are a step in kind of who comes out and who has good days and who has bad days. Well, I, I'm really interested too in seeing things consistently over a, like multiple days, right? Like that's something else that I feel kind of weird about is like, yeah, we we have to report what we see. And what we saw last week was Will Levis not looking good. Now I've also seen, you know, people on the internet and, you know, Titans fans upset. Well, the media is not reporting any of his good days. Well, Titans fans, we get one day per week to watch these guys. And if Will Levis doesn't look good on the one day we watch him, that's the one day we're reporting on. So I am very interested in seeing like media availability three days in a row seeing what kind of the overall consistency of these QBs are. And, and you know, was it just a, a down day? But, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the the I, idea that it's all about the speed of the game for both of them because I think athleticism is also something that they both will rely on when they're at their best. But Will Levis is the guy that you tried to trade back into the first round for. He's a guy that you passed on a wide receiver for by moving up you missed an opportunity to draft a Cedric Tillman or Jalen Hyatt by trading down in the third round to move up in the second round to go get Will Levis you've invested they didn't know that that was going to happen but true but I mean you've already invested far more into Will Levis than you ever did into Malik Willis and you haven't seen Will Levis yet you've seen Malik try and fail at least in a rookie season so I do agree with you. I think it's better for the Titans long-term if Will Levis establishes himself this year as the backup, like firmly establishes himself, and you know that you have the next guy to Ryan Tannehill regardless of what happens this season. I think that is the best-case scenario. Um, and But for me, when I watch these QBs, it is no longer, you know, how does Will Levis compare to Ryan Tannehill? You have to watch these two and see who's ahead as that backup potential successor role for the future. All right, here, Curtis asked a good question that I want you to answer because you've seen both these guys live and in person when, you know, semi-bullets are flying in practice at least, and we'll see them over the next three days. Curtis asked, so what is the major difference between Levis and between Malik Willis? And it's early on, but be thinking of that answer and you can answer uh, and I'm curious to hear your answer. And the chat is too. It's a good question by Curtis. But first, you can tell everybody about Krebs Kubota. Krebs Kubota is Middle Tennessee's preferred equipment provider. Elite Kubota dealer right here in Middle Tennessee, located in Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. You can visit them online at KrebsKubota.com. They do sales. They do service. They supply parts. Best equipment in the industry. A large selection of inventory in all three of their locations, as I mentioned, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro. And they believe that customer satisfaction is rooted in an out in their outstanding parts and service development. And their, their service department knows exactly what you need. You've just got to ask them. 
the questions that you have. That is Krebs Kubota. Like I said, three locations, Columbia, Franklin, and Murfreesboro, the elite Kubota dealer right here in Middle Tennessee. That's KrebsKubota.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM. Place your first bet, and if it doesn't win, you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets based on how much you bet. So use that bonus code, find that first wager, and place it on BetMGM. And even if it loses, no worries. You're getting your money back in the form of a bonus bet up to $1,000 with the king of sports books, BetMGM. All right, Sam, Curtis C. brought up this question in the chat. I think it's valid. So what is the major difference that you've seen between Will Levis and Malik Willis, in your opinion? And we'll run some of this practice footage that we've seen over the last couple of weeks for the first time of Will Levis. And you know, What do you think about Curtis C.'s question, in your opinion? Well, I do think, you know, I think Will Levis is a much more developed and distinguished passer uh, than Malik was at this point last year or even right now. I mean, we've seen him play in the pro-style offense. He's experienced under center. He's worked out of play action. He has a quicker release. Uh, I just think his throw mechanics are a little bit smoother, and he is a better passer. Malik is, and Will Levis has some athleticism to him as well, but Malik is what you said, the athletic playmaker, the improviser, the guy who does best with the ball in his hands off schedule and has the ability to make something happen. Now, the Titans worry with Malik is can they figure out when he's on schedule, how to be on schedule more often than not make things happen on schedule. And then you have his off schedule improvisation ability to kind of, uh, you know, keep your offense, turn explosive plays out of really nothing. That is the Malik Willis struggle for Will Levis at this point. It is harnessing his aggressiveness and his accuracy into committing less turnovers. He's somebody who uh, can make every throw can make all the plays with his legs but sometimes his aggressiveness and decision-making gets the best of him. And so it's really a about gunslinger in him. Right. And so when I look at the two, it's what I said, right? I look at Malik Willis and some of the mistakes he made, for example, last week, each one of them in 11 on 11 live period, nearly threw an interception should have thrown an interception, maybe a pick six, bad throws by each one of them on different reps for Will Levis. It was trying to rifle a ball over the middle into triple coverage with a linebacker convert, like dropping back on a tight end. And he's trying to fit this ball into a window. That's not really there. And it was a decision for him trying to make that throw for Malik Willis. It's throwing the out route to the wide receiver on his right side, where he throws it two yards behind him. And it's right into the DB's bad pass. So it's, It's the physical thing for Malik right now when he's on schedule and on time versus Will Levis. I think it's up here and deciding when to and when not to and trying to learn that you don't always have to be a hero. Sometimes you can, you know, take it down a little bit. So that is the big difference I see with them right now uh, in terms of where their development is at and where their biggest obstacles are at. I, I do think, though, one of the things the Titans wanted to see out of Malik was better decision-making and being quicker with his reads. I think he has improved in that area, but can he be consistent enough just as a thrower to, you know, make those mean something? 
Yeah, and Pistol Ramsey, you know, solidifies the, your your statements is there's two very different things to grow on. Yeah. My issue is I see one of them being able to be developed in Will Levis, and one is a phys- physical attribute that maybe is is more difficult to correct. Like Malik Willis throwing that ball, like that's accuracy. And you don't very rarely do you just all of a sudden have this skill and talent to be accurate. Now, there's improvements, footwork, mechanics, but I feel like the way that Malik Willis plays is he falls back into that gamer mode, which got him a lot further in a bad quarterback class a year ago and in Liberty to make plays where Will Levis has all of the skills and the talent and maybe the footwork and the quick release. He just has to figure out how to use it. Right. Is like, how do you actually use all of what God has given you or, you know, developed over time? Yeah. One, one of the hard parts for Malik to what, where I think he really runs into an issue is right or wrong. I don't think Mike Vrabel wants to see too much of the improvisation playmaker side of Malik. That's not he what wants... practice is about. That's not what practice is Which ever is... going to be about. No one cares because you you cannot emulate that. They're not going full speed. They're not tackling you to the ground. You're not going to see the quarterback in this case. It's Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson, though, I think is different. He proved at a Heisman level that he could make plays and then got the opportunity pretty very soon after as a pro, as he was a first round selection. They did that for a reason. That is not Malik Willis's situation. No. Yeah. Right. And so that's what we saw in the preseason, right? Is Malik got benched in that one game. I believe it was against Tampa in the preseason or Arizona, one of the two where he had like a great, like scramble and run and it was uh you know like a gain of 25 yards or something and then immediately got benched and it was Mike Vrabel saying well he needs to throw the ball because we're here to get a look at more guys than just him and we need to run the offense like the offense is supposed to be run I need to see uh, if I'm going to make cuts on the wide receiver room and decide who's going to make this wide receiver room I need a ball actually going to a wide receiver in a game scenario and so like that is the other struggle for Malik is we know you have that in your bag, but where is the other club? Like you, you've got, you've got the driver, right? But, but what is your, what what's your wedge game? Like, what is your iron game? Like, like, do you have the other clubs in your bag that you can use to then make your, your improvisation and your, your skill set, your athleticism, more valuable because if you don't it doesn't really matter uh and that's one thing that a guy like lamar jackson has is he the best passer in the league no but he's certainly good enough and makes defenses off balance enough to open things up for his legs which takes him to a completely new level of threat in the nfl but you have to have some sort of ability in the other area at speed at speed You don't see that in practice. You don't see that throwing into a net. You don't see it in one-on-ones or seven-on-seven. It has to be at speed with a real pass rush, a real pocket you have to escape, and a real receiver running a route. Yeah, and uh, Andre says it's not good if he, I think he's meaning Vrabel, doesn't want to see that. You know, if the head coach 
Actions speak louder than words. And the actions of the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel is getting pulled from the preseason because he wouldn't throw the football. Going after Josh Dobbs because they didn't trust Malik Willis to win them a game in week 18 against Jacksonville. Drafting over Malik Willis and trading up in the second round to go after a quarterback when you already had a quarterback on the roster. All of these are actions. Now, it's up to Will Levis and Malik Willis to battle it out on the practice field from now until the start of the season. Season, Knowing that, the smartest thing is Ryan Tannehill is your starter. We know that. I think that gives a comfort level for fans to know at least a little bit of what they're going to see this year, whether they like it or not. Tannehill is the best quarterback in the room, and, and that's who we're going to see. All right, so we've gone through two storylines so far. We've gone through Bayard attendance. We've gone through Levis and Willis. Now it's time to get to skills, skill players stepping up. And you talk about a laundry list. We've got two laundry lists full of tight ends and wide receivers that we're going to talk about who has to step up. And there's got to be a lot of stepping <laughs> this upcoming season. And usually some will, some won't. We're going to go through those players, but first going to tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee, health, dental, and vision. You can count on them 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. And if you live in Tennessee, this is a great deal for you. FBHP.com slash A to Z is where to go to get a health assessment. Once you get a health assessment, then give them a couple of days. They'll give you a health quote. Once they give you a health quote, that quote is price price and plan. Once those two meet, I realized very quickly that that plan saved me 20%. That's for you individually. That's for you and your family. That's for you and your family, including your kids. They've got the perfect plan. All you've got to do is visit Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee or go to fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Today's show is powered by the king of sportsbooks. That's BetMGM. Use that bonus code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's your first wager. And if it doesn't win, no worries. Up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win with BetMGM. All right. Let's get to our third storyline heading into minicamp today, tomorrow, and the next day. It starts with wide receivers and tight ends stepping up. Sam, I'll let you go through this these lists. I mean, there's a lot of guys on here that are going to have to make more plays than they've ever made in a league that a lot of haven't have not played in a lot. Well, this was the message from Tim Kelly, from Mike Vrabel, from the Titans' actions during the NFL draft and free agency period, and then what we heard from each one of these guys at the podium. Tim Kelly was asked pretty straight up, do you have enough at wide receiver? He said yes, and he referred to really the upside of each one of the guys in this room. You see some of the names. Now there's some undrafted free agents that are not listed that might have a chance to, you know, make the team. But it's Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook-Akine, Chris Moore, Kyle Phillips, Racy McMath, Colton Dowell, your seventh-round pick, and Mason Kinsey, who's still around uh, in camp right now. So, those are the guys that are currently in the room. And what Tim Kelly said of each of them is, well, I look at the Washington game for Nick Westbrook-Akina. I look at the Giants game for Kyle Phillips. They look at the very best 
that each one of these guys has put forth the best effort that they put forth at the National Football League level and says, let's get that out of them. So, Zach, they are relying on one, probably more of these guys to take significant steps forward in 2023 in order to have a competent wide receiver room. You're looking at needing Traylon Burks to take a jump to a a thousand yard receiver, like a a solid number one. You need Kyle Phillips to play like he did in that New York Giants game throughout an entire season and stay healthy. You need Nick Westbrook-Akine to, I guess, find something more than what he's been the last three years in your offense. I don't think he's not. Right. And like, and and I like, and I like NWI. He he's made a nice career out for himself. He has some value to a team like the Titans and should be on a roster deserves a roster spot, but they released him and he came back. They caught the same fish. They caught the fish. They released the fish, the fish, they threw out a cast of their reel and they caught him again. I mean, expecting him to be anything more than what he's been for you the past two or three years seems pretty foolish. Uh, I mean, you could argue that this group, this tight end group, which you see Chiga Conquo and Josh Wiley there on your screen and those two names at the top, most of these guys, uh, you know, not going to have a huge impact. I think uh, Wesco, Trevon Wesco could be, you know, the Jeff Swaim, the blocking fit, but it's really about Chig and Josh Wiley and what those two guys can do in 12 personnel on the field at the same time. I think Chig is the same level as Traylon. You start to expect a significant jump into being one of the, you know, top guys in the league at their position this season. But as a whole skill position, the Titans are rolling the dice big time on a number of dudes that they want to really channel that tippy top of their upside. Yeah, I think, you know, the big pressure is on three core players, Traylon Burks, Chig, and I'll be honest, I have more pressure on Kyle Phillips than I do Chris Moore. Um, is that fair? Probably not. Like, No, I, and I think that's something Kyle like, Phillips is a fifth-round pick, right? Right. Exactly. Like, like, and that's why are crazy. We put, and I, and I, I struggle with this. This is like a, a therapy session real quick. Why am I putting so much pressure on this fifth round wide receiver? Like, why? Why do I think that he is so much better than maybe he truly is? You know, he's a fifth round wideout because he's the biggest investment they've made at the position in the last two years outside of Traylon Burks. That's pathetic. Yeah, but like, I mean, it, and and so it's not. Is it fair to Kyle Phillips to have this amount of pressure on him? No. But when the Titans are giving you the amount of opportunity they're going to give him this year and relying on him as much as they're going to rely on him, there is a level of expectation and pressure that comes with that. The expectations for Kyle Phillips might not have been high. And then, you know, he really, really impressed during training camp and mini camp last year. We started to see everything. We started to see Ryan Tannehill basically operate these two minute drills in live period in training camp and just go to number 18 over and over and over again and realized that's kind of his guy. We saw the New York Giants game and Kyle Phillips putting them in position to kick a game-winning field goal, which Randy Bullock missed, and said, this kid can have a, a, a huge impact on the Titans this year and in the future. 
and then he kind of disappeared with the injuries. But because the Titans did not do anything this offseason to really make a significant investment in the group, and now they've told you at the podium that the reason why is because they believe in the guys that are here to take a step forward, expectations are there for Kyle Phillips now. Like the, the organization has created expectations around a fifth round pick that puts a pressure on him, whether it's fair or not, given his draft status. I think my question is, is, you know, is it fair to the fans? Is it fair to these players? Is it fair to the organization to expect too much from these group of players? Like, they they've done this before right we've seen it before this is not like a unique year that they don't have the weapons right like this has been a consistent thing and even the year that they had AJ and Julio they didn't play so the other guys that they asked to step up didn't give you much yeah so it's kind of insanity it's the same thing and expecting a different result. Now it's not complete insanity because, you know, somewhere in the frontal or, or, or frontal lobe, you know, Traylon Burks is going to be better and Chigakonkwo is going to be better. I think we can all believe that in our heart is of heart of hearts, but can Wiley step up and Phillips step up and Chris Moore step up to give you what you need in a passing offense that appears to be the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I certainly have my doubts. I, I don't think it's fair to, I don't think it's fair for the players. Like you said, is it fair for the fans, players, organization? It's absolutely fair to have these expectations and, and reflect that back on the organization because they've told you to have these expectations. They've told you we're like that this is the plan and why this is the plan and why they believe in this. So and this is the I, last year, Sam. Like, like, let's talk about eras of football. And if you've watched the Tennessee Titans, you've been through the McNair, Eddie George era, right? You've been through the Vince Young era. You've been through the Jake Locker era. You've been through the Marcus Mariota era. And now you've been through the Tannehill era. This feels, the writing is on the wall, that this is the last year of the Ryan Tannehill, possibly Derrick Henry. I I don't want to, I won't even put him in on this, but this is the last era and you're going to send him to war with these guys. I just don't see that being the best. I don't want to say fair, but I don't see that being the best way to go about an AFC that has Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, like, and then I hadn't even started Trevor Lawrence in your own division, Lamar Jackson, CJ Stroud, Deshaun Watson, Sean I mean, Watson. I haven't gotten to the rookies yet, Sam. That's the crazy part. Yeah. I just listed 10 possibly very, very talented. I mean, some are guaranteed elite players, but we haven't even gotten to the rookies that are Richardson and Stroud, right? 
No, Ryan, the, like the AFC quarterback situation is scary, which makes like the Titans lack of weapons around Ryan Tannehill even more baffling uh, that, as you said, I like how you said that this is who you're sending this guy to war with. You're sending this guy into a bloodbath, essentially, and giving him toy soldiers around him. Like that, that is what you're doing for, to Ryan Tannehill right now. Charlie's so, everywhere. We need it, backup. <laughs> it, it's not DeAndre Tannehill. Hey, Nuke, we're looking for Nuke. Nuke, where's Nuke? Yeah, there you go. Uh, but so here, here's like, a question before we, we need move to, forward because I, I, no, I, I got a great joke. I just popped in my. Would you say that we need to uh, save Private Ryan? Oh, the dad joke of the day. Ah, I had to get that out of there. Uh, but no, so th- this will reflect back on the organization, but it shouldn't the players. We've got some things in the, the hopper for A to Z that we can uh, make good on, on that. That's a good item. Save Private Save Ryan. Private Ryan. And have a silhouette of Ryan Tannehill. Try and get him on a, yeah. One last year. Photoshop into a hard hat and like some, some war paint on him. And yeah, there you go. I, I like it. Three days, mandatory minicamp. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Who do you think you will be most impressed by out of these tight ends and these wide receivers, you only get to pick one, Sam. It, between all of these tight ends, there's seven right there on the board, and all of these wide receivers, there's seven right there on the board. Who do you think you will be most impressed with over these three days? Do my expectations factor into this? Like, is this who exceeds my expectations most or just who impresses me most? Who do you think will impress you? Because I think that's a, it's your expectations and your, you being impressed. So I feel like it's, it's kind yeah. of categorized in both terms. Um, All right. Hey, I, hey, think I about think, that. Think about that. Oh, okay. All right. And if you have your answer, maybe rethink about that. Who knows what you're going to be but that, over the next three days. Back to the drawing board real quick. I'm going to rethink about it real hard. All right. While you do that, I'm going to tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Wilson County Hyundai is where to go to get your next ride. Brand new Palisade, full-size SUV, third-row seating. The brand new Sonata, four-door sedan. Unbelievable. The make and model that you love, it's got to get, you got to get in the behind the wheels to test drive that bad boy. How you do that is a quick trip out, out to I-40 exit 236. Payne Bone is the place to go because Payne Bone, family owned and operated right there in, in uh, Lebanon. WilsonCountyHyundai.com has all of your inventory. Make the quick trip and test drive one today. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Today's show powered by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app. Place your first wager, and if it doesn't win, you can get your money back in the form of a bonus bet up to $1,000. The best way to sports gamble is when the risk is limited and you can get money back. So get it with the king of sports books. Place that first bet, and if it doesn't win, get up to $1,000 back in the form of a bonus bet. That's BetMGM and BetMGM.com.
All right, the question that we put, and you know what? I'm going to pose this to the chat too because we're going to give them all of these selections. Out of, I guess, these 14 players, tight ends and wide receivers, who do you think will impress the most over the next three days? Here are the choices. Let's go to the chat. Out of these players, you've got a ton. And some, you know, I, I don't know if your Justin Rigg is going to impress you. Maybe he does. Who knows? Or huh. these wide receivers. Maybe it's Chris Moore. Maybe it's Racy McMath. Maybe it's Colton Dowell, you know, the seventh-round wide receiver. But that's what we're going to ask. And I'm curious to hear, Sam, what your opinion, out of these four, 14 players, tight ends and wide receivers, who will impress the most these next three days? Um, I think it has to be for me, Traylon Burks, uh, which might be the easy answer because he probably has the most expectations on him of any of these guys to impress. But I've been pretty consistently impressed with Traylon's overall demeanor, attitude, confidence level. Uh, he seems like a different guy speaking to him. He looks like a different guy physically. Uh, like he, he does look much leaner uh, and kind of more athletic while running. He, he said himself he's running faster because he can breathe now. Um, and those are things that I've seen translate into drills and kind of some seven on seven stuff early on. But really, and we've seen the highlights, right? I don't know if you saw it, Zach, or if the chat saw it, but the Titans released like a little bit of a, an OTA highlight where Ryan Tannehill threw a deep ball and Traylon Burks went up over the top of his defender and, you know, made a deep catch down the field. We haven't seen that on the field in front of the media so far, but I am really, really excited and think Traylon Burks has a good chance to impress everybody watching with how much he establishes himself as a a guy that you're like, yeah, that, that is the different player Ryan Tannehill talks about. And in my opinion, probably Tannehill's go-to guy when you start looking at some of these live periods as somebody he can trust and look to all the time. Yeah, I, look, I think, you know, you could say it's an easy way out of it. It may be facts, you know, at the end of these three days, you may be the correct answer because that makes the most sense. Uh, let's go to the chat. Stephen King says, Chig, uh, Burks right there coming in. Look, I actually agree with a couple of these comments, and I'm going against the grain for these next three days. You've got Chig, you've got Wiley coming in there, you've got Kyle Phillips, you've got Elite Burks. You've got Kyle Phillips. You've got Burks, Phillips, and Chig from Rooney. Uh, Frank agrees with you, Sam. I'm going to go with Wiley. Oh, and I, look, and I, I don't know. I think the big is like, how much is he going to be on the field or get an opportunity, or how many times is he going to be targeted? But that's where Malik Willis and and uh, and Will Levis can help Wiley because I feel like they'll be paired together in some shape, form, or fashion. Big target with hands. I mean, what have you seen from Wiley that that maybe stands out? I That's, that's kind of who I hope. I don't know, but that's who I hope over the next three days. Yeah, I mean, I think the vertical threat ability is definitely there. We saw him making a lot of plays in rookie minicamp, including a, a couple really nifty highlights on, on some deep balls from Will Levis. The interesting thing to watch 
in minicamp that we haven't really seen, to your point, will be what does he look like with Ryan Tannehill and what does he look like in a Titans starters type of set with uh, on the same field as Chigakonkwo at the same time? Like that has been very limited experience. But the physical makeup, you see a lot of the same things you see in Chig. Like he runs pretty well. He jumps pretty well. He's a really big guy. I think he's even bigger and taller than Chig is, uh, which it, it is saying something. Um, he's somebody that like, I, honestly, I haven't paid a ton of attention to. Part of it's because he hasn't been with the first group, like you mentioned. Yeah, and that, that's but, why I say, but that's where this all comes together. And I've covered mandatory minicamp for a long, long time, for 10 plus years. What happens is now you get to see them in second team, right? So yeah. that's why I say it's it's kind of more on Will Levis and Malik Willis to have Wiley maybe show out if he is a target. But he'll get more opportunity these next three days than he has. Obviously, rookie minicamp, there's only rookies. But more so this week than others. I do think the fact that we don't know a ton about him, like we know he's super versatile. We know he's super athletic. We know he's playing at a weight right now that is less than what he could be at, but it makes him a lot quicker. Uh, he has the ability to play fullback if you need him to. Like he's kind of done it all, but we haven't seen a ton of it. Because of that, maybe he is a candidate for a guy that you see make some plays and go, wow, he really is impressing me today he could have an impact on this offense in, in a way that you didn't expect. So I don't think that's necessarily a bad call. If Wiley is the guy that is impressing you, I mean, that could be a really positive. That's sign. a bonus I, right there. Yeah. I mean, that's a big bonus. Like you said, uh, I'm going to just give you another one real quick that we didn't list as like an option, but I will say has impressed me already that I think will continue to impress. And it's Tajay Spears. Because, uh, you know, I know you and Austin talked about the Titans' frequency of using their running backs out wide recently as pass catchers and what they've been able to do. But how quickly I've seen Tajay Spears develop with his hands and his route running, I think is really, really something. Uh, and I think you'll continue to be, and media and fans and everybody will continue to be impressed with his running ability after the catch um and just his big play ability with his legs so that's the other one that i will keep an eye on there you go look i think three storylines that we're watching for today we'll find out soon enough that's kind of the best part will kevin byard show up the skills players that we just talked about and then malik willis versus will levis that's something that uh i think all titans fans are intrigued about and it starts today let's get to a little sports trivia. We've got four sports trivia questions. We've got one non-sports trivia question that goes to geography. Sam, Ooh. you know, sharpen that pencil. Let's see what you got. But first, I don't. I know that you won't be getting those spam calls anymore because of Aura that we've partnered up with. That I do believe that everybody should sign up. I've signed up weeks ago, and I don't get the calls anymore. It. it I was skeptical. I will be honest, but it worked. It worked. Yeah, no, hey, there's no reason that everybody watching the show, all of our live viewers, everybody who's liked the show should not be signing up for Aura right now because uh, it does work and it really only takes just a little bit, Zach. It took just a couple minutes of going on the Aura app, punching in some information, 
asking exactly and filling out exactly what your expectations or requests from the service are. And Aura had it all covered because anyone can find anything on the internet. That's your full name, your personal email, your home address, like even your relatives. But Aura has everything it takes to keep you safe and protect you online. They find data brokers who have your information and sell your information to those telemarketers and spam callers. And they submit opt-out requests on your behalf to get your information removed from those data brokers and all of those lists. So like you said, I don't get the calls on my phone anymore. And these data brokers don't have access to my information. So Aura is uh, doing their best and they're helping me stay safe online, keeping my identity and my information private because that's what it should be at the end of the day. So go and get with them. Uh, use their service that also features a VPN and a password manager. Stay safe online and sign up to get a two-week free trial with our link, Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. That's Aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. I don't know. Those aren't spam callers texting you. I know that's the case because that Aura prevents that, right? Those are those are friends. It is family. not. It is not spam callers texting me. That is uh, affirmative. Right there. Uh, BetMGM, download the app today. A-T-O-Z Sports. Use that bonus code. They are the king of the sports book. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses four new users. You got to have that bonus code, though. That's A-T-O-Z Sports. Let's get to sports trivia. All right, Sam, time for sports trivia. We're going to lead it off with Major League Baseball. I think you should know this. I actually don't know this. Yeah. Well, let's go. I'm pumped. Where would you have found, so maybe this is a past tense, AmeriQuest Field? Where would you have found AmeriQuest Field? It is a Major League Baseball park. At some point, it says, where would you would you have found? So I don't know if AmeriQuest Park is current. It's not an active one. Where um, would you have found AmeriQuest Field? No Googling. We will call you out. There's a time limit. AmeriQuest Field. I have two guesses off the top of my head. Cincinnati and Texas. Texas being the Rangers. Arlington. Before it was ball, yeah, before it was ballpark in Arlington. It might that have been America. Sounds right. AmeriQuest sounds like something they have in Arlington. Um well, since now it is no, it can't be Cincinnati. It's been great American ballpark for a while. Like they they've been playing in Great American. And I mean, unless it was way before that, but I don't think they were doing advertisements like that before it was Great American. <clears throat> I don't think it's the Reds either because wasn't it Three Rivers Park? Or what was that name before it was the Great American Ballpark? That kind I, of I don't I don't think it's not I don't think it's Cincinnati. So I, I think Arlington is I like Arlington. Because I'm trying to lock I, that I, in. Yeah, let's lock in Arlington. That's kind of a guess, but I'm trying to think of where else it would be, and I can't think of – I feel Formally, like I know most teams' old stadiums. Are you locking in? Yeah, lock it in A to Z. We'll go with Arlington. Formerly known as the What's ballpark. This is, oh, this is all 
Oh, okay. Hey, sorry. In Arlington until 2004, AmeriQuest Field, you would have found in Arlington, Texas. There we go. There we so go. There you Before, go. Was it the so it's the same stadium that changed its name to Ballpark in Arlington? Is that right? Yes. Okay. So one and oh. All right, let's go to uh, uh unfortunately we're gonna have to take a, a trip back to COVID. How many fans were allowed in the San Diego Padres home ballpark at the beginning of the 2020 regular season? 100% capacity, 20% capacity, zero, or 50% capacity. Now, this is an interesting question. I don't know because now it's like a timeline. At one point, it was zero. We know no, that. It's zero. it's zero. It has to be zero. Because it was they did the limited capacity at the start of 2021 and then started to reopen to full. But it was zero with the cardboard cutouts at the well, beginning especially it's california right they, like i, I think i look at that season. they delayed the season opening day orlando wants to know when opening day was i believe it was august 1st was opening day or like july 31st they did it right then because they played 60 games through august and september so it was yeah they delayed it but it's right in the middle of summer in 2020 it's got it's zero percent lock it in all right, we're going with uh, Sam. I feel really confident with that one. All Major League Baseball teams, including the California-based Padres, did not allow fans to enter their stadium. The answer is zero. Yeah. Yeah, the, there was no way. They did. They throw you off because 2021, every team was kind of doing the, we'll allow 50%, then we'll open it to 75 and then they were kind of opening it slowly, but... At the beginning of 2020, no shot. All right, we are 2-0. and Here is 2023 NFL draft trivia to close out our last two sports questions. How many draft picks did the Eagles have this past year? Oh, my goodness. How many draft picks did the Eagles have this past year? I, I wish I would just submit Georgia, but I don't think that's going <laughs> to yeah, right? work. How many draft picks did the Eagles have this past draft? I mean, I think it's at least seven. Yeah, because they, but they had trade pick, they had picks. I, I think it's more than seven, but I think seven has to be the minimum because they had a healthy number. They had two in the first round. So they did trade up in the first round as well, but they gave up a future four. So that didn't affect them this year. I think chat saying nine or eight, which I don't hate either one of those. I could go with either one. Um, Devin says he thought it was seven. So seven, eight or nine, a couple sixes. I don't think it's six. It's more than that. I think it's eight or nine. Um, do you have a? They had two first round picks. That yeah, but did I mean the question is did they have one in every round or at least one in every round? And what other round did they have multiple picks in if they had nine? So what what's our answer? What is the chat saying? Chat is I, I think we're getting a lot of nine. Nathaniel and Frank are saying nine. Noah saying seven wants to lock that in. Bork is saying between seven and nine, which I think I is don't the think consensus. it's nine. 
I don't think it's nine. Stephen King said eight. Bork and Hammer both said nine. Uh, it's not nine. Andre says I, I'm, I'm out on nine. I don't know. I, I don't know. It is. It's not nine. Andre says they started with eight, but did they trade? Did they trade a current pick to move up? They moved up in the first one spot, but they gave up a future fourth. So that's Are we seven. Say, but it was it was next year's fourth, so it didn't affect this year's picks. So do we think did they lose one? Do we think it's seven or eight? You decide. What do we want to go with? Let's go with eight. Eight. Final A to Z. That might be wrong. I'm nervous about that. Let's go with eight. The Philadelphia Eagles selected in the first round twice, the second round, the third round, the fourth round, the sixth round. Oh, not what I needed. And the seventh round. No, not what I needed. Oh. All right, two and one. Dang, that was. We should have gone seven. I mean, there's a hard. Yeah, that was a that was a hard one though. <laughs> um, how many Division two players were drafted? Two or four? In this past year's draft, how many Division two players were drafted? Two or four? Division so, two. Does you have fifty percent chance count, to get this right. How many Division two players yeah. were drafted? Two or four? Well, Jabu says two, and Devin says four. Uh, And Devin's in with two, and Orlando's in with four. Devin says two, Matt said four. Sorry. Fours Uh, are coming in. A lot of fours. Now we got some twos coming in. I'm trying to think. Is this FBS Division two or? Because I think there's way more than that. So, yeah, definitely not. It's definitely not. Because, like, Old Dominion had, like, three guys drafted on their own. There was – so, there was – I believe there was the tight end out of Shepard. I think the tight end out of Shepard went in the sixth or something like that. There's one. If we can think of any of the other ones. Um, I mean, you want to go? I mean, it's got to be four, right? I don't know. I, th- I thought it was two, but I don't know. Well, I can name one, so. Um, one came from Quincy, Noah said. So that's, I think we go with that's Quincy and Shepard. That's that's already two. These are hard questions, these are good questions, though. I like these questions. Um, hmm. <laughs> Brian, these are hard AF, yeah. Hey. And then, Mr. right, look, Mr. look, hey, the, the, the trivia master's back. I mean, you know, this is how we got to do hard ones, we can't do easy ones. I like it, I like it when it makes you think and, and try and go over the answers like this. I think it's four. I do, I do. If, if, if there's one out of Quincy and one out of Shepard, I think there has to be two other ones out there, but somewhere. you don't have, but then there's two, but I, that's what that's I'm saying. True. That's true. You're guessing based on something that you don't know. I think right, if well, the, let's go with two, let's go with two. Then I, I was wrong on the last one going with eight instead of seven. Let's go with two, two, lock it in. I hope I didn't talk you into the wrong answer. <laughs> uh, all right. 
two Division II players. Yeah, well, let's see. How many Division II players were drafted? The answer is two. Okay. All right. Good job. Good job, Hunter, Zach. Ethan Evans from Wingate. Okay. 223rd by the Rams. And offensive tackle Jake Witt out of Northern Michigan, 236 by Indianapolis. Maybe we don't know a D. Oh, maybe it's and maybe those are NAIAs or D3s. Maybe I don't know. What, I know there's a guy Shepherd. Shepherd guy got drafted. I think he was a tight end because their QB almost went too. Shepherd uh, University is Division. It's Division Two, though. It is Division Two. Mount Mountain East Conference. Huh. Are you sure that he got drafted? I thought he did because I thought we had because we were talking Tyson Badgent is the quarterback's name. He didn't get drafted, but I thought we were talking about. I think he didn't get drafted, right? I don't. I don't know. I thought there was a guy at a Shepherd that got picked. We were talking about it in the media room, but yeah, nobody at a Shepherd got drafted. Oh, I well, just looked then, that up. Yeah, well then. Shows uh shows how off I am, I guess. I don't know where the Quincy thing came from, but you know, Northern Michigan, yeah, Jay, that is a school, and I kind of actually remember that. I knew some. All right, that went to here's Michigan. the last question before we get out of here. It is geography. What is the flattest state in the United States? What is the flattest I, state for, I, in the United States? There are options. I know this. I know you know this. it. Yeah, I do know it. Off. Yeah, I'm a geography guy. I was in the geography that, B. That's huge because if you know this, we are three and one. This gets us to four and one. If you know it, I do know it. I, I don't. Do you want me to share? You're a hundred percent sure. I am ninety nine percent sure. Well, I'll I'll let let you. I have four options. So. If it's not one of those, then we're in a whole different situation. What is your 99% guess? It's Florida. Florida is one of these options. Yeah, it's Florida. It, you, A lot of people like to think it's like Kansas or Nebraska. Kansas but is another some, one of these options. You got some great planes rolling through there. Florida's the swampland. It is Florida. You want to uh, lock that in? I'm going to lock that in. I'm pretty confident, so. By any measure, Florida make, takes the prize for the flattest state in the United States. In fact, the highest point in Florida is only 345 feet above sea level. Boom goes the dynamite. There we go. Good Sam, I am. There we go. We we got there. We got there. That's huge. Four and one. Yeah, we'll take it. it. You know, good. See, this is exactly what trivia's got to be. I know we got some complaints about like the questions good hard questions that we work through through collaboration and get to a nice little four in one stretch. That's what, that's why we do it. That's why we come out on Tuesdays for sports trivia. We will take it. All right, Sam, great show today. We end on a banger, Florida, flattest state in the United States. Uh, have fun at practice today. You got Vrabel, you got the boys, you got uh, the Titans. Make sure that you follow us and follow a to Z sports.com. 
Sam's going to be writing articles. We've got tons of other people writing articles. Like the show before you go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. The YouTube channel will feature press conferences. It will be player interviews, live shows, you know, Sam live shows. I mean, we've got everything that you need on our A to Z sports social media uh, handles, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we will see you tomorrow morning, but we'll see you later on those socials. Adios.